You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. I am so thrilled that you took time out to be here today. You know, every once in a while, I just want to remind our church family why we have the podcast. And the answer is because we are a church family. We are a community. We're a body of Christ together. And we're scattered most of the time. So between our times of gathering, the podcast gives us a nearly daily reminder that we belong to each other, that we are following Christ together. So while you are set apart and are delighting in the Lord today, I hope that it encourages you to know that the rest of your church family is scattered all over the Pine Belt, that just like you, they are devoted to Jesus Christ today. So we are on mission today. I pray that you would delight in the Lord, that you would love Him well and love Him deeply. So today's episode of the podcast is essentially a footnote to the sermon. So this past week, uh, we're preaching about community right now, sermon series, This Is Us. We're just talking about what it is to love one another in the body of Christ. You know, quick review, the last two weeks, we've talked about accepting people who have disputable differences with us, you know, just learning to not judge and to love those in whom God is already working. To recognize that your brother, your sister out there, God's working in their life. If he's accepting them, you should too. So let's let's stop making the minor things into major things. You know, the second sermon of the series, we talked about the debt of love. That was this week. You know, Romans 13, 8 was powerful for me uh, when I read that text, when Paul said, oh, no man, anything. Uh, except the debt of love. And I thought, why did why did Paul say that we owe a debt? How can we owe somebody a love debt? Uh, when somebody when nobody out there has necessarily earned that. I knew that Paul wasn't saying that we are supposed to give love to somebody who has already loved us once. In other words, we pay them back. That that doesn't sound like Jesus teaching love your enemy. Uh, in fact, Jesus said only you know even pagans love people who love them already. So I knew Paul couldn't be thinking that. And that's when you know, we walked together through the reality that in the Christian gospel, we're paying our debt back to the Lord. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That's how, he, how God showed his love for us. And so now, in view of God's great mercy, we're offering our bodies as a living, living sacrifice. And for the rest of our life, we're paying back that debt of love. And it just so happens that the way we pay it back is by loving our neighbor well. You know, Jesus said, as you've done to the least of these, so you've done it to me. So Paul said, owe no, no one anything except the debt of love. So there's this one debt that we owe to God, which can never be fully paid. We spend the rest of our life loving each other. Well, after the sermon, I was talking to um, one of my brothers that's on church staff with me. And as we were following up, you know, we just had a side conversation about um, what does it look like to love? So especially this week, you know, while our entire nation is off kilter uh, because everybody's upset about George Floyd's death, we all feel like what happened was unjust and atrocious. And in so many different ways, everybody's trying to express their confusion, their anger, their frustration. And honestly, man, our, our nation's just upside down for this season. So in a nutshell, uh, we had this sideline conversation 
in which we were asking, hey, does love mean that we just, you know, that we just, that we forgive and we sit passively by? And we recognize together that while the scripture teaches that we're supposed to stand up for the oppressed, for the widow, for the orphan, for the poor, for the marginalized, for the uh, foreigner who's in our land, we recognize that, that love can create a more powerful motivation than most of us would realize. Uh, and as I started to think about, well, what would love look like? I, I realized, you know, sometimes love does mean that we forgive a multitude of sins. Sometimes love means that we turn the other cheek. But other times, love means that we get up when we don't feel like getting up to go out and defend somebody else's honor, to go and rescue somebody who's in need, to go and uh, stand up to try to provide justice for somebody who hasn't got any justice, or when we go out to grieve with those who grieve, or to mourn with those who mourn. So I want to emphasize to our church family as we process last week's sermon and the text of Romans 13, 8 together, that love can actually be an extremely powerful motivator for action, uh, for positive action. And in fact, while I was thinking about this, I was remembering some quotes uh, from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from the civil rights movement in the uh, 50s and 60s in the United States. And I, um, I, I looked up some of the quotes. I just want to share them with the church family. So if you will, let me just share a couple of quotes um, that were driving uh, some, of the, some of the preaching, some of the speeches, and some of the action uh, for Dr. Martin Luther King and some of the early uh, pioneers of the civil rights movement in our country. Uh, he's quoted as saying, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Uh, it's interesting me thinking about that. That you know, hate's a great motivator. Like if you hate somebody, uh, it does drive your behavior to want to respond and seek vengeance. And I'm asking the church and everybody listening today: Can love be as equally strong a motivator? Can love drive you to good behavior with the same speed and intensity? That hate drives you to vengeful behavior. I think I think it can. Here's another another quote: Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. I thought so many times this week. You know what I wish I could see in our nation is not a transformation just of laws. You know, not just a not just a, a new law that's written um, or a new policy that's put in place. You know, we've done that before. Uh, the problem with laws and policies is if we don't have heart change, you're still gonna you're still gonna be trying to force behavior that's not natural, um, and you're gonna be constantly policing that. So what what I'd love to see would be really heart change, a change of mind. And, and I know that we need change in our systems. I, I know I know there's so much change that's needed, and I know that everybody from their perspective is asking for change to different things. But that quote, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. You know, trying to transform and bring justice in this current situation through love, you know, I can see how people would think that that would never work. But you know, in the end result, if we try to create change um, with, with anger or with hate, at the end we might have a peace treaty, like we might have some kind of a legal contract or an agreement or laws, but we will not have relationship. We will not have love. We will not have understanding. So hear the wisdom of Dr. Martin Luther King's words. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. At the end of the day, what I believe that we need in the movement for racial reconciliation in our nation is not peace treaties and legal agreements. It's, it's love. It's that we would honestly, at the end of this, have relationships that can bear the strength of friendship. Um, 
I want to share a couple of, of other things. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I, I love to think that in the end, uh, love is a more powerful motivator than hate for positive change. Uh, so let me wrap up with two more quotes. Um, this one's a little bit longer. Man must evolve for all human conflict a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. I'm going to tell you that it's in our bones. It's in my bones and yours. That when we are wronged, we want to retaliate. We want to seek revenge. I think Dr. Martin Luther King was correct that if we want a means for resolving conflict, a new method that will usurp what we've done for all of human history, the foundation of that is going to be love. Um, Well, I want to end with this. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right, temporarily defeated, is stronger than evil, triumphant. I pray that his words are correct, that in the end, uh, those who lead with love will wind up in the end, even if we lose battles along the way, even if it looks like we've been defeated, that we will, uh, in the long run, be victorious for Jesus Christ. So as we process the sermon from Sunday, uh, owe no man anything except the debt of love. Uh, for the one who's loved the other has fulfilled the law. I just want to remind the church that love doesn't have to be passive. Love can be a powerful motivator. I hope that the quotes that I shared um, from our nation's history will be powerful as we process just how strong a motivator love can be. Now, if you're like me, I think most of us would confess that while we want to love our neighbor, love has never looked this strong, this brilliant, this bright, this powerful in our lives. And so I just want to challenge uh, my brothers and sisters in Jesus that that we would demonstrate to the world that love can be a stronger motivation than hate. But in order to see that happen, we've got to pray for the Spirit to move inside us, to well up inside us a fountain of love so that we would radically love our neighbor in a way that would bring glory to Jesus Christ. And that love may very well look very, very active not passive. Church family, God bless you. I love you. I hope that you love well today. And the foundation for that, remember how well you are loved. Your heavenly Father delights in you just the way you are. May God bless you. And I can't wait to worship with you on Sunday, whether you're on the live stream or in the sanctuary.